0: Following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: What's going on, everybody? We are back again. Mike Jones,
2: John Brown, Offense, Defense, and Discourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it out the way early, and the show is just. I understand we're. You, you want to get straight to it? No, well, all right. Let, let's well, there's something we need to get straight to. Let's get straight to it. All right, when we when we were last here, when we were last on Free Agent Radio, BridgeAI SeattleHipHopRadio.com, com, mm-hmm. and all 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 those many outlets that we have. And you and you mean the last ended, here, yeah. like at the end of the show, the end of the show, mm-hmm. I made a prediction. a prediction that you found very funny a prediction that you found just quite laughable quite entertaining we ended last week's show with you laughing at me for about two minutes for about two minutes yeah you had to close the show i couldn't stop yeah 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 about that (laughs) let's just come right out and say it man dang luke Dame Lillard, no, you know what? Dame Lillard didn't let me down. Dame
1: Lillard's a baller.
2: Dame Lillard tried to help me out. Dame Lillard tried tried. to, he did everything he he could could to make my prediction Mm -hmm. come true. And I thought I was going to come close. Let me tell you something. Game two, I was primed and ready to make that call. And honestly, let, let, let let me be real with you guys for a second. I know. There's something I know better than anything in this world. Better than sports, better than music, better better than any other topic. There's one thing that I know better than anything else. What's that? That is my life. Okay. And how things (laughs) in my life will play out. I say this because for a good portion of game two in Oakland, Portland, had a lead, but I would not allow myself to contact you before the game was over, <laughs> because I know how my life is. It would have been too easy to start tweeting you in the third quarter, like, yeah, you laughed yes, at me, see, yeah. I
1: wanna want tell you something. What's up? At halftime of game two, Yes, it was what, a 15-point game Portland's way? Yes. I almost, and I and I told you this the mm-hmm. next day, Yes, but I literally picked up my phone and was about to text you and send you a text saying, you know what, maybe you were right and mm-hmm. Portland will get one in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't send that text. Exactly. Because as I started typing it, I remember this is Golden State and they're yes. a third quarter team, and, yes. I, and I actually started laughing again yeah. to myself.
2: Yeah. Well, look, two things. Two things that I know, one, I know more than 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 the other. One, I know my life. Mm-hmm. Two, something that I have always said since you and I have been doing a show together. I always err on the side of history. So with that, you know what, it would have been easy, 15 point lead, to be like, yeah, you know what, how you like me now? <laughs> you ain't laughing no more, it, it, you know, look, those types of correspondences crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. I thought about that for a second. But then I know my life. I know that sending that would have just guaranteed that yeah. that Portland was going to lose that game. And two, it's the Golden State Warriors. Well, uh,
1: I will tell people something about the Golden State Warriors. Okay. As much as people like to blow off Steve Kerr's impact as a coach, mm-hmm. And watching the Warriors, there is a one thing about that team that specifically reminds me of those 95, 96, 96, 97, 97, 98 Bulls mm-hmm. that Steve Kerr played for. And that is the fact that they – sh- I won't go as far as to say always. That would be an extreme. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they – more often than not, up their level of play in the third quarter. Mm, okay. They're a third quarter team. Hey. They understand that if you could really step on a team's throat in the third quarter, the fourth quarter is usually just a formality. Now, if you, a team like, for example, the Sixers, they often do it in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Come back out of the third quarter, you're Come cooled out. down yeah. and you have to try to turn it back up. The Warriors, like those old Bulls teams, realize third quarter you turn it up yep. and then you can cruise control through the four mm-hmm. because you've just taken that team's motivation mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. scoring 17 points in a three-minute stretch and mm-hmm. next thing you know what happens.
2: I mean, that comes from being battle-tested. That comes from a team that's been fighting battles now, fighting battles and getting to the mountaintop four straight years. Winning three of those—that's a, a you know—that's a veteran move. That's the difference between a team like the Warriors, who are now a bunch of veterans. You know, it's not just a young you know that young team at the beginning of the run. Mm-hmm. We're not you know now this is a team four years into the run, a team that nucleus has been together for the the duration. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Kevin Durant came along the last two uh, the last two years, but still. That's a vet, you know. That is a veteran team with a coach who's been on dynasties, plural, exact dynasties, and been and been a a vital part of both of those. Hit big shots for the Bulls, big shots for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Championship so it's not, too. Yeah, we're not talking a, Yeah, shots. we're not talking about a dude who was just along for the ride, who just had the best seat in the house. No, Steve Kerr wasn't Michael Jordan. No, Steve Kerr wasn't Tim Duncan, David Robinson. But he still played a vital role. He still he was still a he was still a piece. He was still a, a major piece, a big piece, a contributing piece. And he's putting and he's putting that forth on his team, helping to mold them. And that's why they got that pedigree. That's why they're out there and they'll step on your neck in the third quarter. That's why you know as as impressive as Portland was this year in the playoffs, upsetting Denver, you know, getting to the, you know, getting that far, but then looking, almost looking like they don't even belong in the same gym as Golden State. (laughs) Golden State without Kevin Durant. I'm glad you said
1: that. I'm I'm glad you said that because that brings me to a point that I actually wanted to bring up. Okay. Watching this series – Watching Golden State spot Portland 17 points a game only to come back and beat the most games Mm -hmm. fairly handily, fairly comfortably, like you get to the final score and Golden State's up 10, like how'd that happen? Mm -hmm. But watching that series, do you remember beginning of the year? C.J. McCollum has a podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was a guest on that podcast. Yep, yep, yeah. I remember this story. Yep. Do you remember Durant's comments to CJ McCollum?
2: Oh, God. I feel like the exact quotes I do not remember. But it was just something along the line like CJ criticized his move to Golden State after KD did the did the podcast.
1: Now see, I'm I'm looking to try to see if I could pull it up. Mm-hmm. But the quote was something to the effect of, you know, stay in your lane. And... All right, let's see. I'm pulling the quote up now. Okay. And... Kevin Durant told the Portland Blazers star guard that Portland, quote wasn't going to win a championship, and not to worry about what goes on at the top of things.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. At the time, Mm. that sounds like a harsh statement. Mm. When you watch it
2: play out on the court. It's an honest statement.
1: It's an honest statement. These teams are on two different
2: levels. But here's the thing about that, And and it hurts because deep down inside, they might never admit it. We all know it. Portland knows it too. You remember back in the day, it, it was funny. In fact, draft lottery was last week. Draft lottery was last week. We really, we 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 really didn't talk on it much, but uh, there was a chance that uh, the Sixers were going to get the number one pick if uh, they were going to get if Sacramento had gotten. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen, and in Sacramento, and you know, and 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 what we what teams do today, poked a little fun at the Sixers on social media. Uh, you know, ha ha. He he, no big deal, whatever. But what was funny was I. It was like, why wasn't Sacramento this witty when Shaq was calling them the Sacramento Queens? when they were beating them every year in the playoffs and Shaq was just pretty much like, you know what? Well, there was no Twitter then. Yeah, well, no. But But also, they were losing a lot. Yeah, what I'm saying is is this. You know what? It's like Shaq used to find ways every year in -hmm. the playoffs after the Lakers would beat Sacramento because that was just pretty much a given how the Western Conference playoffs was going to be. The Lakers were going to be either in the – conference finals or the NBA finals and they would go through Sacramento just about every year and Shaq would find something to say in those post game interviews that basically explain why the Sacramento Kings aren't as good as the Los Angeles Lakers which they weren't they weren't but it's like and the, the Kings were a very good team back then Kings were a very good team just like Portland is a very good is, is a good team very good team the Kings I think then were a better
1: team you than think the, the Portland okay. Okay. They were built inside outside shooters, mm-hmm. point yep. guard, yep. defense, offense. Yeah,
2: one I mean once it, once once this that Portland once team, that Sacramento team got rid of uh Jay Will and got Mike Bibby, mm-hmm. a, you know, an actual point a passing point guard, a facilitating point guard. Like Jay Will get you on Sports center. Oh yeah, he'll but, get you highlights. Yeah, he'll get you highlights, might not get you Ws. But none but nonetheless, it was like as you know you every year you know you want to you see that team at the top and there's a team not quite there at the top that for conversation's sake to try and make it exciting you want to be as nice as that top team and this year it was portland for most of the year it, it, i feel like the consensus wanted it to be houston we know it's not But you know that people wanted to build it up like, hey, you know, all season. You see what you see what James Harden is doing. What is, you know, he's scoring all these points. Can't wait for the playoffs. And when he does it to to Golden State, and you see what happens. But nonetheless, it's like when it all comes down to it, these teams aren't as good as the best team. Golden State is the best team. Kevin Durant told CJ McCollum this months ago. Before the season started. Before even before to, the season started. Now, to CJ McCollum's
1: credit, he did tell he responded in kind yeah. and told Kevin Durant, "Well, we'll meet you at the top." Hey.
2: And they did. Yeah. To his credit, they, he backed yeah. it up. They yeah. made
1: it all the way to the conference finals.
2: Exactly. You know, he did what he, he said. He, and he, he put himself. They put themselves in a position now, to settle this uh, argument on the court.
1: Now, now, yeah. he, to CJ McCollum's credit, they backed it up. Mm-hmm. They made it to the Western Conference Finals, and. In what many people call a very tough conference, what many—I don't necessarily subscribe to that
2: opinion. That the West is tough. I, that,
1: I don't think the West has more than one and a half teams that's ready mm. to play playoff basketball.
2: Mm. I'm not quite well, sure. If, well, I'm not. Well, I'm not quite sure if I go that far, but I, I would say this because because I don't mean to cut you off. But I feel like the West isn't. Isn't miles ahead of the East as, or as far ahead of the East as a lot of people make it out to be. All but right, put, nah, but I finish your point. I'm sorry.
1: Eliminate the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Who in the West actually plays championship basketball?
2: No, nobody.
1: My point exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. Like the, people think like the West is really that top, and no, it's not. Mm. People look at a team like OKC with Westbrook and Paul George. They're like, nah, they. Come on. They play championship regular season basketball. They're out in the first round every yeah. year. Yep. Houston. Only last reason
2: they're year, not out in the last first round year because people, they played the
1: OKC. Last year, Houston made, for what was a compelling story and an interesting debate throughout the offseason mm-hmm. because of the Chris Paul injury and the way that series went, those questions are answered now. Durant's out and you can't win another game. I don't want to hear anything else about Houston anymore. That, Agree. that debate is done.
2: Agree.
1: Utah, they're not ready. Denver, they're still a few years away. Okay. I like the combination of Jokic and Murray, mm-hmm. but they're probably one more high-end piece and a couple years away from really being ready to mm-hmm. make real noise. And what does that leave you with in the West? Golden State. Portland, Lillard is a what? Well, Lillard is a baller. Mm-hmm. McCollum can play. Where do you go after that? If your strength of your team is your backcourt, you lost to Golden State because their backcourt's better. It's better. Yep. And then their wings are better. So teams that really want to give them troubles, you need to be able to dominate them inside. and Use their. Mm-hmm. Like they try to exploit the, the few weaknesses that they have, which are inside pr- interior defense, mm-hmm. you know, a dominant post player, things like that. And you still have to have a good enough backcourt to hold their own and compete. There are very few teams in the league that between a common, have the combination of talent and style of play that would allow you to compete with Golden State. Mm -hmm. And when I say very few, matchup-wise, I think there's really literal – well, this season, this past season, there was one team that I think was truly a matchup problem for the Golden State Warriors.
2: Okay, and that was? Philadelphia 76ers. Okay.
1: Matchup-wise, it's just Mm – it's not the ideal matchup for the Warriors.
2: Okay, and w- and what made that match for in your opinion? What made that matchup so difficult? What made what what did you think they it started would started with Embiid?
1: Okay, it starts with Embiid. Embiid mm-hmm. was the ultimate nightmare for the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. a big man who can one pull your shot blocker away from the rim, mm-hmm. which is usually the one thing Golden State wants their big man to do is protect the rim. They mm-hmm. Other than Boogie Cousins, over this run, their five-man has not been an offensive presence. Other than it's a dump-off when he's around the rim to finish something Mm -hmm. someone else created for. But now I can pull him away from the rim, and he's an offensive liability. What's he doing on the court? Mm -hmm. Now they're down a man to start, especially with Boogie Cousins out out of the game. Then you go beyond that, and you're looking at a situation where You've got Ben Simmons, who the only person who can really guard him on Golden State's roster is Kevin Durant. Draymond can try. He's not really quick enough. He's not really tall enough. He, he'll he make him work because he is a good defender, an intelligent defender. But physically, Draymond has limitations in that matchup. When you add a Jimmy Butler – who can make Klay Thompson work for everything on both ends of the court. I'm not saying he'll outplay Clay, but he'll absolutely make a guy like Klay Thompson work. You can... It's not a team that is going to take J.J. Redick out of the game. Some teams will take J.J. Redick out of a game because he's not a guy who's going to put the ball on the floor and create his own shot. But... Golden State would most likely be trying to ha- hide Steph Curry on him, which means you're going to have some openings for Reddick to do his work as well. Tobias Harris, it, same. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that would be an interesting it, matchup because matchup I think, wise, yeah, I, I, I like. I think most people on the surface would think Steph Curry would just absolutely torch JJ J. Reddick, but I think, likely, but you likely wouldn't have JJ J. Reddick guarding him. Yeah, but I think what makes Steph Curry, I'm not. And, and understand something. I'm not saying that JJ Reddick is as good or, or is as good or as, as talented as a Steph Curry. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. But I'm saying part of what makes Steph Curry dangerous is what makes JJ Reddick de- dangerous is that they both move without the ball very well. Exactly. They both do the catch and shoot thing very well. That's mm-hmm. their that's both of their strong points. Yes. And ha- if you have a situation where you got Steph, Cur- you know. What makes Steph Curry so dangerous is the fact that when you're guarding that, when you're guarding Steph Curry, you're chasing him all over the floor. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you now make him chase you all over the floor? That's what you know. To, but to your point, you know, I think that that would that would make a very interesting matchup.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, the Sixers weren't ready to get to that point. No. But. No, I. Uh, so when I say they'd have been a matchup tr- issue for the Warriors, mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to think like I was saying the Sixers were ready to make it to. No, no. I did not pick. The, no, I picked the Sixers to lose to Toronto in mm-hmm. the second round, mm-hmm. which is what happened.
2: Yeah, you. you see, I think. Uh, <laughs> which is what I understand what you're saying because all you're all you're pointing out is the matchups. It, yeah. You know, you still got to get there. You got to get there. You still got to get there. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Toronto was a matchup I wanted no parts of for mm-hmm. Philly. And What scared pro- you more about that match? Uh, Toronto and Philly or Boston and Philly? Or was it equal? Toronto. Okay. Well,
1: assuming Boston had their full squad on the court, mm-hmm. it was Toronto. If Boston's full squad, Toronto scares me more. Now, if Boston had happened to have been down a man, then – they scared me too. But with the lineup Boston bought into the playoffs, first round against the under talented team. We talked about this some last week in our postmortems. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you get into a tighter series against a tougher team and you mm-hmm. see instinct take over. Yeah. And, you know, we had a, we were having a conversation, what was it, yesterday? Couple days ago, online, talking about a different player, mm-hmm. who I group in with a bunch of guys and play the similar style. and Like, I'm not bashing any one player. Mm-hmm. If there is any player I ever see that plays a, that a certain style of ball, yeah. he'll get lumped into this group too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It there's just a style that doesn't work. It'll work regular season, but once you start game playing, it's mm-hmm. not going to work if your point guard does that.
2: So let me ask you: as we have last week, we talked about the fallen teams. Mm-hmm. One more team is now added to that because Golden State has moved on. Portland is done. Uh-huh. Talked about. We kind of went back and forth over who had more upside, who had more reason to be optimistic: Philly or Denver? Where do you Where do you rank Portland in uh, how optimistic you are over the over next season? Portland's now been to the conference championships where they were completely outclassed. Looked like they didn't belong there. Where do you put Portland? If you're Portland, what do you do to get right back, to to get back to there? Can you change your, can Portland change their fortune? The First
1: question I have to ask, because see, Portland at this point, their season is over now. Yep, they're done. And so they're thinking about next year and going forward. Mm -hmm. So for Portland, the first question, which is still almost irrelevant, but it is the first question and probably the most important question, which seems like an oxymoron that I say is the most important question and almost pointless question. Mm. But that question is, where is Kevin Durant going to go? I say... It's the most important question because he's the best player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So wherever he lands, is going to affect everybody. Okay. But at the same time, I say it almost is pointless because if Golden State retains the rest of the roster, they're still better than Portland.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so the only way Portland could be better than Golden State is if they get Kevin Durant? Yeah. Okay.
1: If they get Kevin Durant or if Golden State were to lose Durant mm-hmm. – and Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. then we're looking at something different. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a completely different landscape in the West if Golden State were to lose both of those players, mm-hmm. which is possible. They're both going to be free agents at the end of the year. Likely, I doubt it. Stylistically, what the Warriors do is perfect for both of those players. Yeah. Of course, you know, there's always speculation about Durant wanting to leave, Durant wanting to do his own thing, Durant feeling slighted because he still hasn't got the love and respect, even though he's won the championships. Everybody's like, ah, you're with a loaded team type thing. All the, you know, I just, the storylines that get I hear loaded that. this time of year. I just year.
2: can't believe that you're sitting there with three rings on your finger and thinking that, if, like, like I get that. I hear the storylines. Mm-hmm. But, like but that's can't what they Im- are, the yeah, storylines. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine... This summer, if Kevin Durant is sitting at the crib with three rings on his finger. Mm-hmm. Three. In a row. In a row. You're three peated
1: now. And have a chance to go for four. Yeah. You have a chance you, to go. Not out, not, you,
2: not three. Not, not four. four not, not five. Not
1: six. Mm-hmm. Now think it's, about that. Yeah. He would have the chance to be the one that went for four, five, six yes. in a row.
2: I don't it's like I can't imagine.
1: No one's done that since Bill Russell.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And to me, I feel like, I mean, I, that presents a whole new discussion. All right. We're going
1: to take a quick break, and then when we come back, okay, we're really going to dig into this, because okay. we, we're definitely o- okay. opening up a whole new can of worms now with this type of conversation. Let's do it. All right? We'll be right back. You feeling this
0: podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly go Flow at goflow.com
1: When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by
2: AARP and the Ad Council.
0: The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for sticking around during the break. We were talking a little bit about the demise of the Portland Trail Blazers yeah. and what's next for them. We did post-mortems on a lot of teams last week. And I, I kind of like doing that. I yeah. like, like, rather than doing the everybody does, the what are the, the projections of what's going on. We, it, we, we know we, Golden j- State's we, in the finals. We yeah, know go- Golden State's going to win the States
2: finals. Golden State's in the finals, but... Toronto and Milwaukee aren't done yet, and I want to ask you. A qu- I know. Let's finish this. Uh, this yeah, we're, we're going to get system, to them. But I do have another question I want to ask you. But uh, my thing about uh, we were talking about Kevin Durant
1: right before the break. Right uh, before we were the talking, break, about, Kevin talking Durant, about Kevin Durant and the potential and, and, to stay with the Golden State Warriors and mm, possibly win four, five, mm, maybe six championships in a row. I
2: think it presents a whole new discussion because people will talk about how good this golden state team was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're once you start getting into the 3 and the 4 and the 5 championships, of course then the comparisons to Boston come in. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, getting the 3 or maybe 4, you you know, you're and, and this year would be the third. Yeah, this would be the this would be the third in a row, fourth in uh fourth and fourth 5 and years. Five you're now surpassing you know you're you're going you're waiting in the waters that might go past the Jordan Bulls conversation and now you're talking Boston Celtics and I think a lot of people because of recency bias that we talk about all the time mm-hmm. you know people will want to hold it against Kevin Durant and the Warriors for being so good for being the quote unquote loaded team to the point where people might underrate how good those Boston teams were with Bill Russell. Do you think and how my question to you is how how, how do you feel like that plays into a conversation? Do you hold I mean I know that you don't hold the team against his team against Kevin Durant. They won And that's, you know, they won. There's no, you know, they're the team that won. They're the champions. The winners go to spoils.
1: See, for me, when I start thinking about Durant possibly winning three in a row, four in a row, maybe even five in a row if this Golden State team stays together, Mm -hmm. they've got a window of another three years or so. Yeah. Maybe four. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, and this is why you give credit to the coach you can have guys like Kavon Looney starting conference finals games and you still win mm-hmm. because they play a good team system that lets average players look like they're better than what they are mm-hmm. you know so with that What you have to ask yourself, though, at least in my perspective, Kevin Durant gets to four, five, six in a row. You really have to look at it. And as much as people like to downplay this, I'm talking about Kevin Durant is possibly the greatest player ever. Mm -hmm. LeBron who? Kobe who? Kobe who? All right. I mean, you're talking about such a unique skill set. Six eleven two guard can shoot lights out from range. Can shoot with anybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if Kevin Durant looked you in the eye and said, "I can shoot as well as Steph Curry," you'd be like, "Maybe not, but it, uh, it's not ridiculous." Mm-hmm. You're, right. or I can handle as well as any two guard in the league. You're looking mm, probably good passer i mean what does he not have in his game that you want he's actually even got mm-hmm. physically stronger become a better defender
2: mm-hmm. we talked about a couple of weeks ago talk about flaws in games mm-hmm. historically flaws in games yeah ask you what was jordan's flaw said he didn't have one he didn't have any what is there a flaw in do you think there's a flaw in kevin durant's game because we talked about flaws in it, LeBron's game, and you and we agreed. LeBron has flaws. has flaws.
1: Early in Kevin Durant's game, early in his career, the flaws were physical strength mm-hmm. and defensive ability, which he has worked greatly to improve mm-hmm. both over the course of his career. So at this point, with Durant, I wouldn't necessarily say everything is a strength, but he has no holes in his game. Okay. Durant has a, is a guy with no holes in his no
2: game. Go, no hole. Do you, do you equate no holes with no flaws?
1: I mean, everyone is flawed. There's no such thing as the perfect player. Michael Jordan? Not the perfect player. Okay. He missed shots. He made turnovers. Mm-hmm. He's missed dumps he's let his man score on him before. Mm-hmm. No such thing as the perfect player. Okay. But, you know, when I say no holes, I mean you can do everything you need to do, all the versatility you need to be have to play mm-hmm. and to allow players to play with you. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys could go out there and get their numbers, but mm-hmm. because of the style of the They have to have the ball in their hands. They can't play without the ball, don't know how to move without the ball. Mm -hmm. It presents challenges for other guys to play with you, and it becomes very difficult to mesh certain styles. Mm -hmm. You take a guy who can do everything, play on the ball, play off the ball, catch and shoot, drive and finish, create for other people, you know, then it's easy for everybody else around them because they can just do what their strengths are, and this guy can – He's good enough to do, adjust to whatever our strengths are. Okay, that's the thing about a superstar basketball player. It's not that he's so good everybody else should have to adjust to him. Mm-hmm. He's so good he should be able to be effective while tweaking his game to adjust for his teammates to allow them to maximize their ability.
2: And I think that's what's so crazy about the Warriors because you see, because you see what Kevin Durant when you're watching the Golden State Warriors play basketball. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing the adjustments to his game that Kevin Durant makes, but then you see what they were able to do to Portland without Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and that's what's scary about Golden State—the fact that you know you have this, you have this guy who quite possibly could be the best player in the league. No, he is the best player in the league. Okay, fine. Right. I'm not going. That's not that's not a hill for me to die on right there. Mm -hmm. You know, I just do that out there for, you know, Uh, I for for the the people, for the people who might want to debate that, not me.
1: If you want to debate it, take it up with me, at Jonesy underscore LJR on Twitter. (laughs) KD's the best.
2: (laughs) Holla at me. All right, go ahead. Look, that's that man. Leave me out of that conversation. You know, it's whatever. However, but you have a KD on your team. Mm Mm-hmm making adjustments for the team, and they look unstoppable. You take him off, and that team is still so good. They're all, they went from unstoppable to being almost unstoppable.
1: All right. Let's see. The thing that that team mm-hmm. was able to sweep, they were ha- able to handle business against the Rockets and sweep the Portland Trailblazers. Six straight wins without KD. And watching how impressive they looked, and specifically watching how impressive and dominant Steph Curry's been able to be while KD is out, mm-hmm. is the best argument I've ever made for how nice KD is. Mm-hmm. And I say that meaning KD is so good, you forget how nice Steph Curry is when they're out there together. Mm-hmm. Like, K you'll think Steph Curry is at people were really starting to think oh maybe we were wrong maybe Steph's not th- maybe cuz
2: people thought Crest, people thought Steph Curry might have lost the step yeah. people were people were kind of predicting the demise of Steph Curry and that this was transitioning mm-hmm. from Steph Curry to Kevin Durant's team, mm-hmm. when in actuality, all it was was Steph Curry realizing that Kevin get Durant Dur- is a monster. He's so
1: special. Yeah.
2: Let me let him get his. And when the opportunity comes, when mm-hmm. the opportunity presents itself, when I'm needed to step up, I still got I could, it. I, I still got up. it. Exactly. Steph Curry ain't went nowhere. Nah. Steph Curry's been right here,
1: <laughs> like waiting it's, for this it's moment. It's, it's like similar to what we were saying about Durant a couple weeks ago. Like people think he fell off just because he's playing. No, he didn't fall off. He's just got he, doesn't, he, have to, team he doesn't have to he doesn't have exactly and same is true with Steph but Durant's so special mm-hmm. people will look at Steph Curry and think he's average mm-hmm. like that says a lot about how great Kevin Durant is mm-hmm. that you could take a two time MVP the league's only unanimous MVP and because he's playing next to you people think he's average
3: mm-hmm.
1: like what, what else is there to even say when you talk about but anyway there there is actually still a series going on in the yeah. n b a in yes. the eastern conference yeah okay the Eastern conference finals are still going on
2: there's i want to ask you a question as we as we pivot towards the east mm-hmm. do you believe in the saying that a series a series and a series until the home team loses nah you don't believe that? That's stupid. Okay.
1: Because if that's the case, the series could be over before it ever starts. Mm-hmm. If the home team wins every game, somebody's still gonna win the series. hmm So to say it's not a series until where's the logic of that?
2: I guess people teams have home teams have home court advantage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and if the road team loses every game after four games, no. you're two-two, and it's a tight series. No, right? but what
0: I'm
2: saying is, I think what pe- when people say that is because people want to want to declare a series over when the home team wins the first two games. Mm-hmm. Other home team has other team hasn't had a chance to play at home. Exactly. So, but the thing, so a lot of people were counting. Toronto out. Like what has happened? Toronto was so beat up because of that Philly series. Maybe Toronto isn't as good as they as but, we thought they were because they lost those first two games but in, on the road. But, but they
1: le- haven't le- had le- a chance le- to play le- at home le- yet. Let's be fair. Okay. They lost two games at home badly. Mm-hmm. Like they look those first two games in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Toronto looked outmatched.
2: Okay.
1: The second two games in Toronto, Toronto looked like a completely different team. Mm-hmm. They, those games in Milwaukee, Giannis looked like he was going to do whatever he wanted. The guys around them looked like they weren't going to have any trouble providing Giannis with all the support he needed. And Brooke Lopez is going for 20 some points. And it, but chances are a lot of these guys, because what Milwaukee, the way they're built, you have one true star player and a lot of guys who know their role and they're good at their role. Mm -hmm. But historically in the NBA, role players aren't the same guys on the road. Yeah. So how many of these guys on Milwaukee's team in a tough series against a team like Toronto have games that will travel? But the same could be said for Toronto Toronto and the guys that are around Kawhi Leonard.
2: So when they – I mean, that argument that you just made could – Precisely. I mean, spot on. Be just flip Milwaukee and Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got Kawhi Leonard, and then you, and they're playing on the road. Of course, Kawhi is going. You know, Kawhi is going contribute. Rest of the guys don't show up. They get outmatched in two games. But then when they when they get back home. In front of their crowd, in front of Drake, because you know how much Drake energizes everybody. Everybody everybody wants the ball when Drake is there. (laughs) You kidding me. But (laughs) I I, I say all this to say it's like I felt like there were a lot of people, given how Milwaukee handled Toronto Mm -hmm. game one and game two, that were just ready to, like, break out the brooms. And it's like, let's see how let's see where this goes after this travel day. Yeah. I now in the end, I, I think at this point you gotta think that because just because Milwaukee has four home games and Toronto has three, it looks like this is gonna be Milwaukee's series.
1: Now if I if if I had to pick, if you asked me to put money on this series, mm-hmm. I'd still bet Milwaukee and you have to get Ask me to guess how many games. I'd probably say six. Mm-hmm. I do think they will get the game six in Toronto. I expect. You think, you think I expect Milwaukee? the home t- okay. the home team trend to continue in Game Five in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then I expect Milwaukee M- with a chance to, to win. win in Game Six. Okay, that would be my guess. Mm-hmm. But I ex- mm-hmm. my guess is Milwaukee wins in six.
2: Okay, all right. We'll see. We'll see. Definitely. This mean? is
1: this is one of those series where the way these teams are built, Kawhi and Giannis are going to do what they do, mm-hmm. and it's role players who are the hardest guys to predict what you're going to get out of them from mm-hmm. game to game. There's a reason you nobody's asking these guys to be stars and, cons- and consistently give twenty because consistent twenty points isn't what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you consistently score twenty, that would be what people asked you to do. It's, in the it, NBA, you're, if you're a twenty point scorer, somebody's going to let you lose to do it.
2: Exactly. No, I no, I hear what you're saying, but I mean it's it's still a tall order. You know, it's it's a tall order. Not sure if they can do it. I think Toronto, though. I want to think that, given, given the situation where they were in, where they had a chance to close out Philly in six games in six games and didn't. And couldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, that will still be in their minds. Where it's like, okay, they got to come out because now they're they're up against it. But Milwaukee's a good team, you know, and Milwaukee is a good team. Milwaukee's a good team, and I think if they not a great team, not a great team, team, but a good team. I mean, in the end, we're still talking about what chance either of these teams have against Golden State. That bridge we'll cross when we get there.
1: If Durant plays, which I expect he will, especially seeing as how they had the sweep, so he's got even more time to rest that calf strain, mm-hmm. which I believe was officially called a mild calf strain. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting to see Durant fully healthy for the finals.
2: I think so too. In
1: which case, I don't see anyone having a chance to beat them in a seven game series. Just you just don't have enough firepower. You don't have enough. You don't have enough defense. You don't have, you don't have enough. You just don't. You just don't. You just don't.
2: No, I understand. I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: So, so I have. That leaves me with looking at Toronto, Milwaukee. I'm okay. I'm, you know, me. I'm thinking Milwaukee gets out of it. Where do you sit on that?
2: No, I agree. I I think Milwaukee in six makes sense. I could, I could see seven games. Mm-hmm. I could see the whole home team thing playing out the whole time. I think Milwaukee. I think Toronto with their backs against the wall in the game six. I, I could see them coming out swinging and pulling out, a, and pulling out a game. I just, I am not quite sure. I'm not sold that Toronto can have, can play like they played at home on the road. Okay. Well, I can't see. You know. It was different before. I thought Toronto was good enough to win in Philly. Philly was good enough to win in Toronto. You know, I just don't know if Toronto is good enough to beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. I can't, Mm,
1: I see someone's become a lot more conservative with predicting road wins.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, thanks, Portland. Good looking out, Portland.
1: Here's a question I have for you about Toronto. Okay. Kyle Lowry. Has he turned the corner, f- actually become a productive playoff pl- performer? Or has he just kind of been better than what he had been the last few games? I'm, I'm going to go with the latter. Uh, he's yeah. been making he, shots he's some been, shots.
2: He's been making shots. He's been he's making been some big shots. Kyle Lowry has been contributing. Which Kyle. has
1: not been his M.O. over no. his playoff career in Toronto.
2: No, I, I, I – I need to see this over the course of an entire playoff run, over the course of maybe a couple of seasons. And at this point, this might be the last time we see Kyle Lowry as a regular contributor on a team. I, I don't I don't I don't know.
1: We are looking at a situation Kyle Lowry's getting up there in years. He's becoming, I mean, it's just as what happens to all NBA players, you become a little less valuable as you get older. It's a cliche, but it's true. Father time is undefeated. So if Toronto doesn't get out of this series, you think that's it for Kyle Lowry?
2: I think that's it for Kyle Lowry in the role that he has now. I just can't see him being that guy much longer. You know, I, I just think, you know, like you said, father time father is undefeated. Mm-hmm. He ain't getting no younger. I think I'm not quite sure if Toronto has shown enough to convince Kawhi to stay. But I think if Kawhi leaves, he'll Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry will be out the door with him because it's time to to rebuild that thing from the from the ground up. It's time to it's time to make some changes. All right. Well. We got a couple minutes left
1: before the break. We got a guest coming after the break. Oh, what? We got guests? We got a guest coming after the break. Is that week? You... But before we get they to gonna the They're going to let us talk to somebody. They're going to let us talk to somebody. Okay. But before we get to the break, mm-hmm. I, I got to let a little home arisen out of me, real oh, quick. Oh, boy. What you got? Monday.
2: This coming Monday this or this past, past Monday? This
1: past Monday, okay. I actually found myself watching. OTAs live, Eagles really? OTAs live. Really, I did, but the thing is, mm-hmm. as I was watching them, mm-hmm. I actually felt a buzz of excitement mm-hmm. seeing Deshaun Jackson back on the field. Yeah, Miles he, Sanders out there. Yeah, you know, you got all these pieces. This is a healthy Carson Carson Wentz with no limitations. Yes. It, you know, last season, I enjoyed last season, mm-hmm. seeing the team bounce back from some mid-season struggles to make the playoffs, win mm-hmm. a game. Yeah. That was fun. Very fun. But I didn't feel the same, like I didn't feel that real electric buzz. Okay. The Super Bowl year, you felt it. I'm starting to get that feeling back again, like this team could be special.
2: Is that just me? As far as this show goes, as far as Mike Jones, John Brown, Jonesy and Brown, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just me. Yeah, it's just you. I, I, I will say this because this is the con- once again, this is a conversation that you and I have had before. Maybe you know, call it being a little bit of sp- call it being spoiled because you know we're still you know not even two full years removed from a Super Bowl run where it's just like there were so many years just being star for a championship that mm-hmm. anything Eagles excited me. And I'm not back at that point yet. Now for me, you know, to, to, to quote the aforementioned Drake, I will go zero to a hundred real quick <laughs> when it happens. hmm. It's gonna happen, and I'm gonna be at a hundred. I'm gonna be at full. All right, let's go. It's football season. But it's too early for the right now. The... Yeah, you know, and and maybe it's primarily maybe when, because we got a first place baseball team.
1: Maybe actual training you know, camp yeah, or something. Yeah,
2: maybe by training camp when I see, you know, I don't want to say full pads, but even just shells. Uh, you know, give me give me a couple weeks you know maybe when june comes around maybe i'm not there yet and i but i don't want i don't want to rain on your parade cuz i feel you i understand i just i'm just not and, there and yet. maybe it was just
1: being nostalgic from seeing d jack back in uniform okay seeing number 10 out
2: there again yes number 10 and it not being mac Collins? and it not being yes mac okay Collins. but it was, I don't know. I, I feel you. I, like I don't want to rain on your parade. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to stop your excitement. You, you should know, be excited. You know, I'm just I'm, not there. with you. I'm head. the one who tries to give object, objective takes. It's overrated, isn't it? Come on, man.
1: Nah, it's it, not. Objectivity is overrated. Objectivity is for rich people. Objectivity is a great thing. Whatever. And I don't know. That's the thing. I'm not sure if this <laughs> is me. Just being a fan, because you know they are my favorite team. I, yes. you know, Eagles yeah. fan. Or if if this is really me being honest with myself, mm-hmm. but I really think this team, or at least on paper going in and knowing what I know about the chemistry of the guys on this team, mm-hmm. has a chance to do something special again this year.
2: Okay, all right. I mean, I I got you. I'm with you. I mean, I. You
1: just don't I, care yet.
2: I got yeah, I'm, I'm just not there yet. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, I apologize. You. I feel like I owe you. I feel like wait, I feel wait, like I'm wait, letting you. I feel wait, like I'm, burst
1: my bubble. Now, now, see, now I feel now, bad. Now I'm I feel all like i li- You know what? Let's just go to break. I don't even want to talk about it no right, we Are going
2: to try and cheer this dude up? And then we'll, we'll, my bad. Uh, I done blew this whole segment. All right, we'll be right back on more, with more of
0: offense, defense, and discourse. You feeling this podcast to hear this and more. Go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search best in the world sports.
4: One in six seniors faces the threat of
3: hunger and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello.
0: Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: All right, everybody, we are back. Having a good time today, today's show. Getting into a lot of stuff. You're having a good
2: time, man. I ain't having no good time. Nobody, start the show admitting I was wrong. Nobody told that you to pick I, Portland. I didn't pick Portland. All I said was they were gonna win a game in, in Oakland. And
1: it, they didn't. You should know by now you're supposed to agree with me on basketball. Oh no. disagreeing with me on basketball never ends well. <laughs> this time. But that this being time. said, before the break, yes. I told you we had a guest. Today. Yes. Today's show, I'm glad I get to introduce this guest.
2: You seem pretty excited. I ever
1: actually tell you how I even got started doing the sports talk thing. No. So you just
2: we just sat down in front of two microphones and just started talking.
1: But true, so me, one of my best friends from high school, younger, like we played sports together, coached together, we had these conversations. With ourselves talking sports for hours, okay, for years and years, twenty plus years, okay. He calls me one day and says, mm-hmm. "Jonesy, because we both are sports radio guys, we listen all the time." He calls me one day and says, "Jonesy, mm-hmm. we're better than these dudes. We okay. can do this." Yes, I'm like, you know what? You're right. Let's do it. And and y'all just and, and from there, and from there we started. And the rest is history. Started put posted shows on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Then from there, there was a stint on a four letter station in Philly. Okay. 610 WTEL. Okay. I'm sure we know the four letter stations in sports. Mm -hmm. But now, my man, James Lewis III, currently hosts a show AM 1060 in Phoenix, Arizona, NBC Sports. Okay. Co hosted by Flip Mode Squad's Rampage. What? It's a good show every Sunday night. Okay.
2: Rampage's got new music out. I play it all the time on phillygoflow.com.
1: Oh there you go. It. Yeah. But our man my man James Lewis is joining us now. James, thanks for coming on with us. It's good to have you.
4: Oh man, great to be great to be on the show. And um I talk about Joseph, you come on pretty much at least once a month as one of our correspondents and, and I love what you and John are doing. And we get a lot of we get a lot of feedback on our on our affiliates out in Seattle and Free Agent Radio. They 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 love it as well.
1: Ah, thank you, thank you. You know, just try to keep up the trad- tradition you and I started with Lance J, putting out a quality product. You you know, hopefully we're we're growing. We well, definitely we're growing and. It's hoping to see more continued growth and progress in the future. But anyway, let's yeah, get... we're real
4: close. We're real close to racking up several other affiliates. I don't want to make this a business conversation because <laughs> your listeners don't care about that. Mm-hmm. But um, we we will probably be in in either Detroit or Chicago really really soon. I'm closing mm-hmm. on that and working on a Vegas affiliate too. So stay tuned.
1: Oh man, that's exciting stuff. Definitely, we keep the people posted about that. So with you being on the West Coast you actually probably better than some of us out here in the East get to follow what was going on in the Western Conference playoffs, specifically the Western Conference Finals. Were you surprised that Golden State was able to do what they did to Portland without Kevin Durant?
4: No, I wasn't surprised at all, and it's actually kind of funny because I was talking to, to Rampage about this earlier. I didn't watch any any of those games in its entirety. I was literally at home on my computer doing other stuff while the game was on in the background and I would check the ESPN scores and in the last 3 games Portland would be up by close to 20 and I would look at the scores and I'd be like, "Well, it's not the third quarter yet. Portland's going to lose." Like there was there was never any point in the series where I thought Portland had a chance to win any of those games. I was completely disinterested knowing that that they were overmatched by 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 Golden State, and and um, if they played them for if they played them in another series back to back, it would be eight in a row.
1: That's it. I feel pretty much the same way. When, I mean, I had a good two minute laugh to end last week's show at the thought of Portland winning a game in that series. <sighs>
2: I believed. <laughs> I, I, I did. I say that I, I would believe. say that
4: the matchup. I really like the way that Golden State plays better without Durant. Uh, I'm not saying that they're a better team without Durant, because with Durant, you have the ability in the half court to really score in a slowed-down half-court offense that he brings. He can get a shot at any given time. He's a closer. Mm -hmm. He's a two-time Finals MVP. But I enjoy watching Golden State play much better when they're moving the ball, when Draymond's playing point forward. He plays better. Steph and Clay also play much better. And their bench played much better. And I think overshadowing that team is Kevin Durant. They all have a chip on their shoulder, and they're playing like they have something to prove. Lillard and McCollum, they're good players, but they're not great players. I think they're exaggerated because Lillard hit that great shot and had that meme of his of him meme-mugging the camera. But you're not going to beat Golden State with, with, with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. It's just not good enough.
1: And and I made a similar po- point earlier when John and I were talking about this series. I said, if the sh- for Portland with the strength of their team being the backcourt, that's never going to get it done against Golden State because Golden's get backcourt is just better. Plus, they have right. more talent on the wing as well. Yeah, the big Golden State you've seen with when LeBron beat
4: them, you've got to muffle them up front. You've got to push them around. You got to take advantage of. of the, the lack of physicality outside of Draymond Green—you're not going to outshoot the Golden State Warriors. You're not—you're not going to to beat them shooting from thirty feet out. That's just not the way that you, you have to be built different to beat them.
1: I, I couldn't have said it much better myself.
4: Coach, Coach Santoni Antonio in Houston hasn't been able to figure that out either. He, they feel Houston feels that they can outgun. Golden State, it's just—it's not—it's not, it's not going to work. me I mean, you have two of the best shooters, perhaps probably the best shooting backcourt in history of the NBA.
2: So, what does Houston do now, then? So, I mean, they—they seem married to, Jam- uh, to James Harden. They got—they're going to have a decision to make on CP3. At this point, is it back to the drawing board, or are you still trying to tweak what most people, most experts agree is a bad model?
4: Yeah, I think it's that's a real good question, John. I think that Houston's pretty much done. They're locked into that CP3 contract. If they could get out of that contract, they could get another free agent to come. CP3 is proven. He's not going to play an 80-game season, and he's not going to be physically right come playoff time. His body just isn't built like that anymore at this stage of it, in his career. And I think Portland, people were crushing Portland for getting swept If you're Portland going to the West Conference Finals, that's as good as you're going to get as a franchise. I mean, it's Portland. They're not going to get a superstar to go there. AD's not going there. Durant's not going there. Even Kyrie Irving, who sucks, is not going there. They're just not built to be a player. This is probably the ceiling for both Houston and Portland. Um, The only way that anyone's really going to challenge Golden State in the West, if they keep their core together, is if you draft well, like we've seen, Steph Curry was not a top draft pick. Klay Thompson was not a top draft pick. You got to draft well, and you've got to coach well, and execute well. There's there's no teams that are anywhere close at this point in time, though.
2: Are y'all like brothers, man? Because I feel like I'm, I'm I've been talking. We've been we might be about 15 minutes into this segment, and I just feel like I've just heard a whole bunch of takes that I hear every week on this show. Y'all down on Harden. Hey, James, let me ask you a question. Do you hate Russell Westbrook too?
4: I mean, I don't hate him. And I I listen to your show very, very... I listen to every minute of every show that you guys have ever taped. Mm -hmm. And I don't hate Russell Westbrook, Uh but I think that we we confuse as as media or quasi-media, we confuse stat compilers with great players. I mean, Russell Westbrook... He's a fantastic stack compiler. He's not a great player. I wouldn't want him to be the leader of my team. You're not going to win championships. We don't really compete for championships long term with a guy like that. I like James Harden as an ISO player. You just can't run your whole offense around one guy shooting every time down the court and taking terrible step back threes or flopping. That's just not. That's not. A, that's not a coaching. That's a terrible strategy. You're not going to beat the Warriors. Uh, doing that, and when and when Giannis Giannis is still ramping up in the East, when he gets to the beast mode, you're not going to beat him doing that either. You're not going to beat a Kawhi-led uh, team doing those things. You've got to really coach for real and have a strategy.
2: It's like deja, deja vu. I feel like I've had all these conversations before.
4: Well, so I've been working with Josie for a long time. I mean, I think that I think that when I don't agree with Josie, I don't. He's he's very wrong on Levar Ball. <laughs> He's extremely oh, wrong what? about Levar Ball. Why did and we? Jonesy, we should have got that out the way first. Jody takes things very personal, and he says Levar Ball is a clown, <laughs> and Levar Ball is a clown. But but the last time I checked, the the Barnum and Bailey Circus, those guys are billionaires. So Donald Trump, the President of the United States, a <laughs> the clown. There are a lot of people who have ascended to power positions by making really bad statements and kind of making a jackass out of themselves. That's who LeVar Ball is, Mm -hmm. but it's business. Jody takes it personally, and that's just how he operates his business. I wouldn't operate it that way, but the Mm -hmm. truth of the matter is he flees the Lakers into taking Lonzo Ball as the second pick, and he's going to get his other son, who's really not that great either, in the league. He's going to get two out of his three sons in the league. They're going to get shoe deals. That's not bad because none of them are really that good. I mean, I have to
2: give him some credit. <laughs> we should have started with LeVar Ball. I wish I had known that. You should have told
1: me that, man. As you, If you can't tell, John truly enjoys any chance he gets to someone to say I'm wrong or disagree yes. with me. Yes.
2: yes, because although it happens a lot more often than Jonesy ever gives credit for, he doesn't own up to it very much. So, you know, I, I – I need that backup, not to, not to prove him wrong because I can do that myself, you know. But just somebody who who can co-sign the wrongness.
1: I think John's about to try to make you a regular guest on the show, <laughs> only on issues I mean, that you're wrong well, I, about. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy
4: to do that. Jovi is really, really good when it comes to basketball. I truly really do not argue with him. He understands basketball. He understands the flow of the game. He hates isolation basketball, but he hates Kyrie, he hates Russell Westbrook, he hates James Harden, and I and I generally support that. Now, in football, me and Bill go back and forth because I know more about football than he does. But I'm, I'm, way, I'm way, way advanced when it comes to football, especially college football. He cannot hang in my
3: league.
4: Whoa. So I, I stay in my league with NBA, mm-hmm. but I tell Josie when it comes to the
1: NFL and college football, you need to step back and let me do my thing.
3: Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: Now, now, I'm going to say two things.
2: I really like being on Lane
1: State Radio Network. I just want to say that. In the, as far as the NFL, I hope y'all never get rid of me. As far as the NFL, he's a Colts fan. I'm going to leave it at that.
2: It uh, well, well. yeah, has nothing to do with me being a Colts fan.
1: It's just I have a better I have a better
4: understanding of schematics in football than you do. That because just means basketball, dude. You really understand can't, basketball. There's nothing wrong with
2: that. Him being a Colts fan just means he can't come over to the crib and watch football with us, but he can talk football all he wants. Now, college football,
1: I won't argue with him. Mm-hmm. College football, he's definitely more of a college football enthusiast than I am, although we do have a good time every year. When you get time for the Penn State versus Ohio State game, but but college basketball, college football, I'll definitely give James his his due. He's great with college football. Wait, what side is he on? Penn a, State or Ohio Ohio State? State. Which is why hey, we go back and forth all the time. James,
2: it was great talking to you, brother. Um, <laughs> uh, this segment is over. Uh, let's go to commercial. Hey, you're from you're from
4: Maryland, so Maryland doesn't even have football, like they're basically they're basically just a big Ten filler school to no. to make sure that they can expand the twelve teams, the fourteen teams. I mean Maryland doesn't even have a football program. Penn State <laughs> has a nice little cute football program, but at the end of the day, like I tell Josie all the time, man, we play we pay our players top dollar. Penn State runs a clean program <laughs> post paternal <laughs> And the Sandusky scandal, oh, oh, oh. they got to run a clean program. So mm-hmm. you're not paying LeVar Arrington and company like you were in Kajana Carter once upon a time. Whereas Ohio State, they, the Ohio State linebackers payroll is 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 rivals the Eagle.
2: <laughs> no well, no argument with that. Just uh, just a point of clarification. I lived in Maryland, but I am from Philadelphia. I'm from the Philly area. I just lived there for. I went uh, went to college down there, and just lived in Maryland for a couple more years. But I'm from Philly. I have no ties to the yeah, state. I, of, I have no ties to the state of Maryland or university. It's Definitely not the university.
4: You have of you have an affinity for the Ravens. You seem to have I, a, I like, a soft I, spot for the.
2: Ravens. I do have a soft spot for the Ravens, but now that yeah. now, now that Terrell, uh, Terrell Suggs is going, that, that that's going too.
4: And I and I grew up in Baltimore, so I'm an okay. Orioles fan. I mean, I'm a coach i I'm a Colts fan from the the Baltimore Colts. Okay. When you're seven and your team moves, you don't understand it's betrayal, so you don't hate them. You're too young to really mm-hmm. put all of that together. But, but didn't that and, break your heart? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Orioles fan, and, and don't be risky for that, man. The Orioles are probably one of the worst franchises in professional sports. However. We did not spend a zillion dollars on someone to bat two eleven and hit oh, seven home runs. Oh
2: come on, so, man!
4: You know, if it's, it's we first let Mattatoe walk, you go to San Diego, and you guys and and the and the Phillies
1: spend are in first
4: place. hundred billion dollars on a two eleven
2: hitter. But we're in first place, though. First placement. First place means all is forgiven. Means we can be patient.
4: Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see what that contract looks like year seven when, when he's batting 211, hitting 30 home runs a year.
1: But the funny thing about the Bryce Harper contract, since we're talking baseball briefly, at the number he got, it sounds like a big number, but by year seven, it will be average Major League Baseball money. There were three players in baseball this year that got higher average sal- salaries than Bryce Harper.
4: Yeah, see, you know I mean? you're you're kind of showing yourself as a fraud, and I'm disappointed because me and you have a constant argument about players being overpaid in in football and in basketball. Now I get it. Baseball's not a salary cap league.
1: And that's exactly so what matter. I was about Let to say.
4: But Josie, you are the ultimate value and metrics, numerics guy. I mean, you're much better with numbers than I am. You know statistics. You and I both know that even though it seems like a bargain, that's that's a bargain if he's putting up 40 home runs and batting 315 every year. You can't have a superstar batting 215. It's just it's unacceptable.
1: That is true. But the one thing in baseball, like you mentioned, with it not being a salary cap sport. You can get out from underneath a bad contract, especially with one of these teams, Yankees, Phillies, Dodgers, that has a lot of money and TV money to work with. A $25 million contract doesn't handicap you the same way it would in NFL or NBA. Yeah,
4: I mean, I'm a West Coast dude. Bryce Harper's from the West Coast. He's from Las Vegas. He really wanted to go to the Giants. The Phillies offered him more money. He wanted to be the highest paid player in baseball, so he made that decision. It's a business decision. I'm not mad. Philly's a great market. Philly deserves to have a star to build around. I remember going to games at the vet with my dad as a little kid, watching Mike Schmidt play. I get it. I'm just glad that the Orioles did not make that same decision with Manny Machado and they let him walk.
1: Now, I'm honest with Manny Machado, especially, he's a guy who I would not have even wanted to make the same type of commitment we made to Bryce Harper. Right? I, don't,
4: I don't know why. I know Machado's a better player than Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is a home run hitter. He's Rob Deere. <laughs> Bryce Harper is Rob Deere with with a Q rating. I mean, he's going to hit 40 home runs a year, but he's not going to bat anywhere close to 270 or 280. Manny Machado is going to hit 30 home runs a year, but he's, he's a 300 hitter. He's a very good fielder. I mean, he's kind of a jerk in the clubhouse, but and that you know these days, and, a lot of these millennials
1: are. But with the, with what the Phillies have is their core, a large, largely being a young team, what is considered still formative. I don't know that you want to add somebody to the clubhouse who's considered to be a jerk. So from that standpoint alone, a guy making big money who's known for not busting it and giving 100% on every play. That's not how you want to set the tone with a, locker, with a clubhouse like the Phillies. Excuse me, it's about to say I locker.
4: Mean, I will say that Bryce Harper plays very hard. And from my time on you or the four-letter in Philly, we know that Philly loves people that play hard. If you play hard in Philly, you'll be beloved. You'll never have to pay for a drink or, or Buffalo Wings the rest of your life. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, Philly's a big market, and they have the ability to do it. But just from a from a value contract like i look at teams like my indianapolis Colts who are who are probably going to be the best team in the afc next year they have made a lot of value-based contracts with with their with their strategy under the new gm and i'm just i'm with you i support value but you can't support value when it comes to these nba guys and said that i wouldn't sign kyrie irving and then throw three hundred and twenty-five million at Bryce Harper. Now, those two things don't make any sense whatsoever. And you know better than that, Josie. You're better than
1: that. And, and you're
4: talking to family.
1: You're talking to someone that knows you. And I'm trying to run that on me. And, and I think you you are ignoring the uh, importance of a salary cap being involved in the discussion.
2: I'm enjoying all of this, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting back, enjoying all of this. Carry on.
1: Because, like, for example, we're talking about my the NFL. I will be the first one to tell you the threshold for a quarterback where you should stop paying them is ten percent of the salary cap, not a number, right. but as a percentage. So what are of the you going to
3: do? What are
4: you going to say on this show, which will probably be syndicated at some point? What are you going to say on this show when Carson Wentz signs a deal with a hundred million dollar guarantee? Because you know that that's what's going to happen. Yes. Are you going to say the same thing?
1: Yes, I'm very nervous about it. Because I know the Eagles are in a situation where they're most likely going to feel, based on the pressure from the fans, success on the field, that you have to give him that money. And it's in today's NFL market, it's hard to argue not giving a quarterback who can produce that type of money. But it still hamstrings your organization. I mean, there's no getting around the fact that it hamstrings your organization. I want. I want to read a quote to you. It's a quote from Tom Brady, and it, and it said, and Tom Brady says this. I th- I think the thing I've always felt for me in my life, winning has been a priority. Now, and he acknowledges. Back to the quote. And my wife makes a lot of money, so of course that's a factor. But let's be around. Now we're gonna look at the next part of what he quote. He says, quote. I'm actually a little smarter than you think. Actually, it's a salary cap. You can only spend so much, and the more that one guy gets, it's less for others. So, for a competitive advantage standpoint, I like to get a lot of good players around me. Tom Brady, for whatever anybody says, gets it. The less a quarterback makes, there's more money there is to get players around you. And it's an NFL, even even more than NBA with a hard cap that you absolutely can't go over. You give away too much to one player. You're giving you're giving up talent on the roster. No getting around it.
4: Yeah, but Tom Brady, I mean, I agree. But once again, Chip, you know, being that I know you, we've been friends for, for 25 years. It's, 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 you're you're a mathematician. You're a literal mathematician. You understand the, the concept of statistical outliers. Tom Brady – just happens to be married to one of the premier models in the world. He's basically a billionaire, whether he plays or not. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't need, he has, he has fixtures and he has things going on in his life that the average player doesn't need. Um, I don't think they're making that comparison. And also Tom Brady's in a system where they win the Super Bowl every other year. But But that's my point. I don't know if he played, I don't know if he played for a mediocre team that was, going 8-8 eight and eight every
1: year if he would not take the money. But if here's the thing about Tom Brady. If there was actually a stretch where he did take the money and there was a 10-year stretch where they didn't win Super Bowls, he started taking pay cuts and they started winning again. He understands what's going on, which is why that was a direct quote I just read to you about the salary cap. He's been on both sides of it. He's been one of the highest-played quarterbacks and they weren't winning Super Bowls. He wanted to win Super Bowls again.
4: I think that people who are borderline billionaires speak differently than, than mere mortals like the three of us.
1: Oh, and, and I agree. And he said that himself in his quote. His wife makes a lot of money. He understands his situation is different. But from a strictly competitive standpoint, if, you're, if my quarterback is making half or even less than half of what your quarterback how much more, how much more talent can I put around my quarterback?
4: Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, if you're Brady, I think, I think the equity is in the ring. Getting, getting a seventh ring, distancing himself from anybody else that will ever play the game, is probably worth more than, than the actual money. I mean, I'm a Colts fan. It was very, very difficult to surround the Colts team with a good defense when they were paying uh, paying, paying Manning top dollar. I mean, you just, you got to go in. You end up having seventh-round draft picks and UFAs starting at strong safety, and that usually does not work very well or bode well. So, I mean, I, I get it, but I think Philly's in the same position. They, I can't imagine you supporting, if Philly lets Carson Wentz go, I can't imagine you getting on this show and supporting that that logic.
1: It would depend on the plan. If they just say Carson Wentz walk and we have no plan, no to, to do anything, yeah, I'm not going to support that.
4: I would agree that the that the that the formula for winning Super Bowls right now, you know, if you take Brady and Belichick out of the picture, mm-hmm. it is to have a rookie quarterback on a on a rookie deal where you're not paying them top dollar and they're only eight percent of your salary cap, and then you load up on talent. That's what the Rams are trying to do. That's what Seattle did when I lived mm-hmm. out there. That's what the Eagles did.
1: That's how Joe so Flacco. I, I get it.
4: That's that's what that's how Joe Flacco won. That's how Kaepernick was, was in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. These are all guys that were not drafted to be the franchise. They were drafted a little bit later. Of the Cowboys are trying to do that. But I think at some point you have to ask yourself where where is the ROI and the trade off between paying certain people top dollar and letting them walk? If I'm, a Dow- if I'm a Dallas Cowboys, I let Dak Prescott walk. There's no way that I pay him top dollar. He's to not an elite quarterback.
1: And the thing is, I've actually run those numbers. The most of any Super Bowl winning quarterback has ever made was approximately 13% of the, the salary cap. For, mm-hmm. for an elite quarterback, your threshold where you start to see diminishing returns on your investment is right around that nine and a half ten percent 10%. Per- of your
2: salary cap, you said what, you said one quarterback making thirteen. One, do you what quarterback was that? Steve Young. Okay, so that that's how far back you had to go for a quarterback making that much money,
1: that high percentage of the cap, and winning a championship. And that was in nineteen ninety four, the first year of the, that, salary, of the salary cap, cap wow. with a team that's that was crazy. preloaded going go. in, a team that was preloaded going in. So, I mean. Historically, you ten percent is about to start where you start to see diminishing returns, which is why I usually throw that number out. I've run the numbers on the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and so to your point, there is a point where you start to see diminishing returns on your on your investment for elite quarterbacks. You still don't want to go much over ten percent.
4: I think that you I think that you're missing the business angle, though. I mean, if you are the Philadelphia Eagles, you just won a championship. Oh, the goal.
1: If your goal is to goal, make money and the, sell tickets, then the yeah, fans pay
4: goal. The fans' goal is to win championships so you could have a hoodie that has multiple Lombardis <laughs> on the hoodie. The the business's goal is to put people in the seat. So if you have a Carson Wentz and you think that he's your guy, then you're willing to take the risk of going back down to a 10-6, 9-17 and, 6, 9 and 17 to keep him long-term. I mean, that's just the nature of the
1: sport.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think you're – at. Eagles would be absolutely destroying Carson Wentz's legacy if that was if that was the case because you see a team this is a team that won a championship with the backup quarterback. There's still a huge pocket. There's still a huge pocket of this fan base who believes that they should have kept Foles and got rid of Wentz. You you know, if I am not quite sure if Wentz is at that level of wherewithal where he realizes that them breaking the bank for him will work against him as a you know as a player. You know, how yes he will get paid, but you know what, this team might not be able to field a team good enough to win a championship. And I think that honestly, his legacy is on the line. They break the bank but then can't win championships for him. They're going to – no matter what the problem is, no matter how this team falls short, they're going to blame Carson Wentz.
1: So do you think Carson Wentz is the type of guy who might take a pay cut?
2: I think he would, but what I'm I, – I think he would, but I, I, what I'm saying, I think that's speculation. I don't know if he – you know, I, he seems – you know, I'm going – I'm going off pure speculation from what I know from watching TV and reading tweets.
1: And, and I will tell you, uh, in my experience with our guest this evening, mm-hmm. today, he's usually not one who supports players taking pay cuts.
2: Okay. I mean...
1: Am, am I misrepresenting that? Or are you usually... Uh, no, you're
2: not
4: misrepresenting it. I mean, you're, you're, you're leaving out some of the... Which, I'm, I'm which pro is why player, I that's, because
1: That's why I wanted I'm, you to clarify. I'm
4: pro-player... I'm pro player because A, your career can end at any moment, What you see with with mm-hmm. had a catastrophic injury in a non contact moment. So I'm pro player getting everything they can get. And then B, you know, we see what happens to these guys after football. So these guys are 40, 43 years old and have a hip replacement. So that's why I'm pro player.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is I'm not
4: I do not have a I do not have a pro team approach. That's correct.
1: Okay, and that is very understandable because these guys in, are in the sport where you put your bodies on the line the most, take probably make the biggest physical sacrifices, right. and take the biggest hit to your quality of life after the sport, and you, in a lot of ways, get the worst contracts out of all the four major sports.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the NFL salaries, you're just going to pull up the Eagles, and um Usually on the NFL team, there are only twelve or thirteen people making more than a million dollars. The mm-hmm. most of the NFL team are mid level people that are making five or six hundred thousand dollars and lower level draft picks that fill out the roster and they're just used as human crash test dummies. So if you're making if you get a guaranteed, if you're Lavy out a Bell and you're able to go out and get forty million guaranteed, I support that because chances are that based on his running style and based on his career, that he's going to have some serious health complications in his mid-40s that the three of us are not um, susceptible to.
1: Now, it's interesting that you mentioned Le'Veon Bell and his contract because that contract apparently also led to a GM getting fired because the coach was not on board with paying a running back that kind of money. (laughs)
4: So, yeah, it's the Jets—they're not a—they're not a real franchise, <laughs> so we're not—we're not—we're not going to talk about Jets football here. I mean, we're we're only talking about franchises that
2: that matter. That
4: matter, yeah. the Jets. The, <laughs> Jets, Jets, the, Jets matter. Are, the, the Jets, the New York Mets, the Lakers—these are all teams that are in a race for who could be the most futile. I mean, they—they they have the worst general management. So, I mean, we've all seen Adam Gase's act. I mean, you want to talk about the concept of privilege? Adam Gase is a sub five hundred coach that's never done anything in the playoffs, and somehow he was able to finagle his way into being not only the coach but the GM of a team in the set in the biggest market in the country. I mean, it's just it's, it's deplorable.
2: A coach with a losing record gets another job and then promoted before he's ever right. won a game.
1: Yeah, before he coached. And it's day. the same thing. It's the same
4: thing out here in Arizona with with Coach Kingsbury. Now, I I was literally told by our station manager to stop ripping Coach Kingsbury because they're <laughs> afraid that he, he won't do any interviews on the station. But this is a person that was sub five hundred at Texas Tech. You know, you you have a three hundred and seventy winning percentage. Just because Patrick Mahomes went there and he's a good looking tall guy he was able to procure an NFL job. But, he's, you know, these, these these type of guys have not proven it on the field, and it, and it really gets on my nerves.
1: Yeah, that, there are plenty of coaches who should uh, – who could and should be receiving these opportunities that aren't. And we could do a whole show on that. Man, please.
4: That, well, I know, God, God, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know. It's I know you can't have me on forever, but Dolby is a. is an establishment guy, man. He he likes the privileged <laughs> establishment parameters. He feels he feels very he feels very comfortable that he's able to receive sustenance and food and clothing and shelter from the establishment. So he doesn't like to color outside the lines. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a field. I'm personally more of a field brother. So I, I go a little bit more out of the line than Josey when it comes to the sports
2: tape. Why has it taken so long to get this man on our show? I've been hosting this show on this man's network for months now. I've been, I've been, I've, been, I've been rocking with you for a while.
1: Yeah.
2: Why has it taken so long to get this man on the show?
4: And, and John, you're always welcome to come on. I know that I'm on Sunday night, so you guys are a lot. You guys are in bed, but you're always welcome to come on.
2: Hey, man, you just
4: kind of rip Josie a new one.
2: Uh, uh, look, I li- I live for those moments.
4: Like I said, I can't I can't mess with Josie when it comes to stats. He's gonna win that argument eleven out of ten times. But when it gets into the the geopolitical side of, of sports he's gonna take a
2: he's gonna take a flip out for me consistently and he's gonna like it. look I always gotta I, I always gotta you know I, got, I gotta walk I, I have to choose my steps I have to pick my battles because Jonesy always likes to point out to me that this is his show and I will not cut him off and I will not interrupt him when he wants to be right so and, and, and I respect it because you know it's like look even though we even though we shoot the, we record this show from my house. This show is—I'm still a guest in Jonesy's house, you know. As far as this show goes, you know, he—he—he's the man. He's the connect with Lance J. So I always got—you know—I I have to tread lightly, but I will gladly come on your show anytime you want. You just give me a, give me a call, give me a ring, send me a text, reach out to me, put up the bat signals, you know, smoke signals, whatever. I will come through. I just don't understand why it's taken so long. This has been the most refreshing interview we've ever had. Well, like I said, Jonesy, Jonesy, I went to
4: high school and college with Jonesy. I would arguably say that he's probably the smartest person, and most of the people in our circle would say that he's the smartest person that we went to school with. I mean, he's a brilliant dude. Uh, He's like a human computer. Mm -hmm. But like most people,
2: he's not brilliant. He's a smart most, guy. I know most that. Really,
4: most, most really brilliant people have trouble getting down into the granularity of things that regular human beings look at day to day mm-hmm. because they're up in the clouds thinking about brilliant stuff. And that's, that's kind of Jonesy's issue. So I try to bring him back to, to earth. I've always, he's, he's a little too esoteric
2: sometimes. I've always wondered that about him because usually he'll pull up to my like, like we'll set a meeting time to do the show. And he'll pull up to he'll pull up to the crib and he'll just sit in his car for about 10, 15 minutes before he walks up to the door and knocks on the door. And I always think I bet he's in his car just thinking of something smart. Usually, I bet he's just thinking about smart stuff.
1: Usually reading or something.
2: Exact reading. Yeah. Who just reads in their car? Smart people.
1: That's how how else do you learn?
2: Exa- I got I got one. I got one question. I mean, you've never you,
1: seen me do a show with notes, have you?
2: No, no, you don't. And meanwhile, me, I have a whole notebook. I, I'll sit there and I'll write notes all day long. That's, It's just what I do. I, you know, I, I take notes. But I got I have a question. I, I I need to know this because you said you you said you've known Josie, Jonesy, Jonesy since high school. This is the end all be all. I need to know this. Can Jonesy really play basketball?
4: Can he currently or
2: did he? Either or. Both. I, I need to know. Did, was he able to play back in the day? <laughs> can he play now?
4: I can't verify if he can play now because we're we're getting a little bit older. I mean, Jonesy's still in pretty good shape. So I yeah. assume that he can still get out and represent and play now. I mean, I played varsity basketball with Jonesy. Mm-hmm. Good point guard. Left-handed. Very uh, not a turnover-prone guy. Decent three-point shooter, very smart, understood the game. I would say that he was a, that he was a, a pretty solid ball player. I mean, he had, I've seen him have games where he put up 25, 30 points. Um, it's just, there's certain, there's a cert, I would say with Dozy there's a certain type of player that he's comfortable playing with. And if he's not playing with, he particularly plays well with people who are slashers that, that move without the ball. He does not play well, just like he doesn't like watching ISO basketball, he does not play well on teams that have ISO basketball. So if you put him on a team and we are in high school or college and it's led by one person or two people that's mostly ISO basketball, he's going to kind of check out. If you put him on a team where it's more of like a motion-based offense and more of a structured offense, he's going to perform pretty well.
2: So what you're saying is uh, Jonesy is a poor teammate. So if he doesn't if he doesn't like the way a team is run, he's just going to check out. Well, what you're I saying did, is he's I, a malcontent.
4: I, I have seen those get into a fight on the bench with one of the players from his team. I literally have had to pull those from welling on someone. On our, I was like, yo, this is our teammate. Like, bro, you welling on dudes? Bro, you physically like that. fought so a teammate? I, yes, I yes I did. as well
2: I, I, You fought a teammate. I've seen that
4: yes. side.
2: You, 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 you have come to blows. You have, throw, you have put up your hands and you fought a teammate. That's what you're saying. So, so what yeah, happened he was went
4: Latrell. He went Latrell Freewell on his own teammate. Like he, he pulled at Freewell.
1: So what happened was we're playing a team that we should have been blowing out by forty or fifty points. Uh-huh. But instead, our, like our bench guys are getting heavy, heavy minutes this game. Mm-hmm. So we're only up by like five, ten points. Mm-hmm and then the, the captain of our team has been playing almost the whole game as it come out, and everybody else. The rest of the starters, we're not playing our normal minutes because we're playing heavy bench minutes, mm-hmm. and the one guy's playing the whole game. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, look, either sit him down and be fair, like we none of us are playing our minutes, mm-hmm. or put us in there, let us blow them out, mm-hmm. and then we can let these bitch guys, you know, get play get the last to get their run. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing? One of the bitch guys took exception to that. He's on the court. I'm sitting down on the bench. He comes over to me. It was like says, walks up in front of me. I'm. There's no reason to talk about it at this point. I just scoop him up, body slam oh him, my. and we keep. You know that. Oh.
2: That's all it was. So you body slammed the team during the game. So yeah, the game's going on. This wasn't even a timeout. This nah, wasn't the game's even going a on. stop.
4: No, this is this is actually during the game. It was a very a very low point, a a, nadir, a personal nadir in my basketball career. Um, it's a
2: funny story, the, the though. The story
4: did the story did happen the way that, that Jonesy described it. But um, I always enjoyed playing with Jonesy. I think on the varsity basketball team, we were both lower in the rotation. Mm-hmm. We would sit on the bench at times, talking about what our coach was doing incorrectly. Um, but but at the end of the day, I would say that Josie and I were the smartest people on the team. So we we had a whole lot of other things to, to focus on in life. But Josie um,
2: Josie Jonesy a-
4: has a very deceptive a very deceptive first step, and because he's left handed, he he's he Josie's more of an endurance guy than a speed guy. But he can get by you with that left, and then he can get high to get four or five or six threes in a game. I've seen
2: that. But he fights his teammates. <laughs> That's all I heard. <laughs> I heard. I heard every. I heard every last thing you said. But what stands out? You body slammed a teammate during a game. What grade were you in?
1: What was that? Twelfth grade.
2: So you're yeah, a senior. We're senior.
1: Seniors. We're, seniors. Yeah. we're senior high school. Your senior year, you fought a teammate in the middle of a game. Yeah, we won the game. I'm done. I'm about winning. I wasn't happy being up by like 10 points. I wanted to be up by 30 or 40. I, I understand? I, I understand. Like, I'm a terrible loser. Yeah. And Lou yeah, will te- can- James Lewis will confirm I'm a yes. w- very competitive person and I hate losing.
4: We didn't really lose that much, though. Okay. I can't, I think our senior year, we lost I don't two games. Losing a lot of games at Pine Forge. Um, we lost two games. I don't there. ever remember
1: losing a game at home at Pine Forge. Mm-hmm. No, nah, we lost one on the road and to Valley Forge.
3: Were y'all on, on
2: the road, road. when y'all yeah. fought? No, nah, that was a home game. So at home, mm-hmm. in, front of your, in front of your family? In oh, yeah, front of your whole school saw it. He, oh, wow. but, uh, we lost one game on
1: the road at Valley Forge Academy that year and one game on the road at Hill School that year. <laughs> and, I, you
4: know, the intramurals were very successful. I mean, I think I – think of all the time I played with you over maybe five or six years, maybe in actual games, maybe we lost ten times or twelve times tops. I mean, we weren't we weren't really losing a lot of games.
2: So y'all was balling, y'all y'all was balling, but you you fought. look. I I'm, hey, those were, those were never days, i was gonna the good old
4: days, man. I was just a rebounder. I was just out there to get boards and get it back to the score. I knew I knew my role.
2: I I understand. Uh, but don't no.
4: let Delzi come in. If he tells you that he was Jordan. and he was putting up forty a game, he's lying. No, I never no, heard him no, no, no
2: no he's but, he's uh, he's never exaggerated like that. But you know.
4: we we but, have some friends that we went to school with that exaggerate their prowess on the basketball <laughs> court and them I'm like, you know, you were not even better than me, and I didn't consider myself to be good.
1: Hold on,
4: you said what? Um, I mean, we have, Hold on, you we said what? Have, I'm not talking about Jonesy. I'm saying that we have friends that I've heard brag about playing basketball, and I'm like, you weren't even better than me. Like, you weren't even on varsity. Oh, yeah, you weren't like, even any good. It's
1: a lot so, of that. I'm not going to call any names, but, yeah, it's a lot of that.
4: Yeah, I'm not gonna call, I'm not gonna it's
2: call no fun when, when you don't though. call out names, though. <laughs> But, but, uh, what's the funny? What's the funny? What's what's some, the fun in, in, in some, having a show? If you don't some call of them it may
1: names. be listeners, and I like my ratings. But, <laughs> all right, touche. but
4: but not think it ball man, he was he was uh, he 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 struggled a little bit with the with the physicality at times. He was a very slight, diminutive person at that time. But did he, uh, did he get razzled if you put,
2: did he get razzled if you put him on the ground?
4: I, I wouldn't say rattled. I would just say that, you know, we had a culture, especially in our intramurals, it can get a little it bit more physical than it should be.
2: He can deal with physical contact,
4: though. It can get more physical than it should be. So I think that was if I was trying to guard Jonesy, if I, was, if I was guarding against him, I was getting him more of the cheap shots. Those things would kind of throw him off of his game. That's not something that he would eat up and really like. I mean, he's not Draymond Green. He doesn't. He wasn't a flopper, and then all of that foolishness. But um, as far as having a point guard that could run an actual system and understand the plays, you know, he was he was he was solid, good player.
2: This has been educational, <laughs> <laughs> educational. I, I have enjoyed this. I'm done. I, I have no more questions. I was
1: about to say you enjoyed the show. I, I have. I, no,
2: I love the show. And just just in case, you know, wh- you know that next that next time we have to take off for Friday. And we run a best of show. You're, you're. This segment will be on it. All right? this segment will be on it, and it will lead. All right, just oh, so man, you know. Well,
4: I, I appreciate you guys having me. It's, it's always a pleasure. I love coming on. Uh, Everyone
1: man, thanks on the for network.
4: Um, yeah, we're doing we're doing a lot of good things on the network. Uh, really, really getting into critical mass, and and we have some more stuff cooked up. You know, I think that. I think we're a lot closer to getting a, a distribution deal with a major than people realize. So I'm really excited about that. And things coming. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I want to see you guys, man. I want to see you guys on terrestrial radio. If that's something that you're interested in doing, so I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how your show matriculate. Um, I was just talking to Ryan Linux over six ten the other day, so. We, we just continue to ride this wave together, and, and um, I always look forward to your show on Friday. I always listen to it while I'm going on my Friday night run.
1: Uh, Matt, appreciate it. Uh, all the support you've given us, getting us, yes, helping sir. us get yes, out sir. there, get, help this thing grow, and thanks for I, joining us I tonight. Thought,
4: I did think you guys were arguing what time. I thought y'all was actually going to squab. Um, <laughs> I forget what the argument is.
1: Oh, I know what the no. argument was. It was it was about the NCAA tournament and the last four teams in versus the first four out. Yes,
2: yes.
3: Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot yeah, of- yeah. I really, I really,
1: I thought that y'all was going wild
4: for real. Like I was, I was just trying to figure out, like if it was live radio, how y'all would work that out. Um, it, it's, you know, I know it's a podcast, so you can edit it. But, but I really thought, like it was, it was like thirty minutes of you really intensely arguing without a commercial. I was like, these guys are like, you know, real close
2: to, to stopping. So we we have we have had some, we, we have had some loud, passionate moments, and usually when we have those moments, we will take a break. I will right, give right, right. I will give my man Jonesy a beer. We will sit. We'll we'll drink that beer, and then we'll continue the conversation.
1: But those are the most fun shows. Those are the
2: most fun shows. Uh, Your, i say some
1: of them.
4: I got I got I got some I got some drunk Jonesy stories but I'll say that for the next show or if y'all do an uncensored podcast but um I've I've seen Jonesy after a couple of shots at the Everclear and can talk about that. When wow. I, mean, I know that I know that we're all grown and not living that life no more, but I can I can take it back I can take it back to that. So we we definitely um uh, Oh oh I he's think coming what back. we're gonna do He'll be back I think on what the we're show. gonna do I, I'm gonna be in Philly pretty soon, and we're gonna try to record a, a joint episode. So we, I want you guys to come down. I've already, I already got it set up to, to go on the six ten and record, and just get everybody on the whole team in the booth together, so we can have laughs, and then just air it as shows throughout the week, so we can just have jokes. So um, me and Joe Z, he got stories on me, man. We got stories on each other. Like it could, it could get ugly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I am looking really. forward to that. I, just let me know the date so I can make sure the day before and the day after is all is is all squared away.
1: Uh, don't worry, we'll make sure you're there for that one. All right, definitely,
2: definitely. All right, no we, doubt,
1: Lou. We got to get out of here, but thanks for joining us, man. It's always a good all time talking me, to you, man.
2: It's a pleasure. Catch right. up soon.
1: All right. Again, that's James Lewis the third from the Lance J Radio show, 1060
2: AM Phoenix. Yes. Every that's Sunday right, night. Man. Him and Rampage The Last Boy Scout.
1: Exactly. Every Sunday night, 1060 AM okay. Phoenix.
2: Oh, definitely check them out. Definitely. That, mm-hmm. Always, always a pleasure. That was great, man. <laughs> I learned some things about you, brother. This was a good best show ever right now. This this is my favorite show. This is, when people ask me, when when they say, "Hey, man, what was your favorite moment?" Here we go. Right, this, this right here. You got this was worth, you Oh, use. oh, oh. You. Oh, oh, <laughs> bro. You. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, it's time to drop the mic. I'm, I'm ready to get out of here, man. <laughs> You ready? Yeah, let I mean, It's of about here. that time. It is about that time.
1: All right. Well, we'll catch you all same time, same place next week. Until this, Mike Jones, John Brown, offense, defense, and discourse.
2: Peace, y'all. If
0: you feel this podcast, to hear this and more, go to soundcloudcom slash Sports. or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search "Best in the World Sports." The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.